What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Husband and Wife Talk Podcast. My name is Corey. My name is Alex. And today, I'm very excited. We get to talk to one of my favorite people who I met oh. at your family reunion. Yes. <laughs> which was awesome, because you have a huge family. I do. <laughs> and I have a very, compared to your family, I have a very, very tiny family. Yes, you do. Who do we have with us today? We have, well, okay. We have my cousin, but technically, he's like my fourth cousin maybe question mark <laughs> we don't know my dad's cousin's son <laughs> there you go but we just say cousin because we love each other that much so and it's easier to explain yes <laughs> yes i also don't know why you were surprised when i said one of my favorite people i mean we have matching tattoos now oh uh, that's true we do <laughs> bonded for life for <laughs> life Tom Cruise. bonded life. for life um but JD is a intensive care unit nurse in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, yeah. Why don't we uh, ask him how it got started? Um, let's start with Wednesday Wisdom. Oh, yeah. Let's do that first. <laughs> Wednesday Wisdom. Well, welcome, JD. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, <laughs> big fan. Um, V&A thrives on your guys' podcast. And, <laughs> oh. Um, she really does, man. She she loves it so much. And um, I have I I've never been on a podcast before. And this is <laughs> this is a great opportunity to get yes. to just hang out with you guys and uh, yeah. kinda, you know, just kinda share some back and forth. Well there's also there's so many conversations there's 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 like so many conversations that we've had that I'm like damn this would make such great podcast material which is why we were like we should have him on yeah um, because what you do is super relevant but but before we get into that Wednesday wisdom go oh mine go okay it's kind of specific because since the new apartment we lived in moved into has a little mini like washer dryer combo it's one machine but I'm so thankful for it and we just. I, I have learned that I really like putting clothes on immediately when it comes out of the dryer. <laughs> it feels so comfortable. Um, so my Wednesday wisdom is if you can, now that it's getting cold, put your jacket in the dryer and then put it on and just, oh, it's so cozy and wonderful. It's pretty good. <laughs> I think it's because I realized this a few months ago. Um, when I was a kid, my, when we would do laundry, my dad would call it a folding party, just basically trying to make chores sound more fun, but he would, I would lay on the ground and then he would just dump the bucket of dry clothes on top of me and I would just get buried in the warm clothes. So it's like very nostalgic for me, but it feels so cozy. Cozy. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Uh, my Wednesday wisdom, if you can afford it. Uh, I think they're still doing Cyber Monday deals, but the masterclass on dog training has been a fucking godsend. We're dealing with some behavioral issues and it's just been really nice to like have a source to go to, to be like, here's what you should do for this. As I imagine parenting is probably the same way, <laughs> but like some of what was recommended, like it's just not working at all. So now we're like, okay, like what are the next steps? But if you can afford the masterclass for something that you're interested in or that you're struggling with, there there might be one. We are not a... sponsored by masterclass, <laughs> but I've really enjoyed it. And they have film stuff and you know, there's all kinds of different things that you can learn on there. But that one was is really that, helpful. Is that Caesar Milan? 
No, it's someone else. Um, I want to say his name is David something. Um, but he, he first started doing exotic animals. Um, so, and his parents are both animal trainers and they work in film and TV. Oh, Brandon. Brandon McMillan. McMillan. But he's really, he's really good and he gives a lot of really awesome tips. Um, yep. And some of the things have worked really, really well with Teddy. Oh, yeah. And some of them were like, oh, we either need more work and we need more time or we need like to hire a trainer or something. But, but the biggest thing is like, you know, if you, if your dog is misbehaving, like they're basically just outsmarting you. And that like pissed me off a little bit. It's like, I'm <laughs> fucking smarter than a dog. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he definitely has issues, but we're working on it. Yeah. I, I think all rescues will have, will have yeah. that. Yeah. What a about you? Any wisdom? Communication barrier. <laughs> just a little bit. Yes. Just, just a little, little bit. Tiny bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. Uh, it is the season of winter. Um, my pro tip is with quarantine happening and winter quickly approaching, um, I feel like vitamins and minerals are often overlooked. And so mm. kind of to stay in line with, um, you know, healthy living, if you were to say, uh, vitamin D3 is something that I, is easy for me to forget about, mm -hmm. but is um, it's a hot topic, especially with COVID, especially with uh, seasonal affect disorder, um, osteoporosis. It, it has a, a wealth of uses, um, but I'll go even one further. A lot of people may use it, but may not know how much to be taking. Um, and there's a lot of recommendations out there, but there's a few studies by H that uh, suggest uh, 15,000 um, international units um, and so if, if it comes in micrograms, you can always just find an easy conversion on Google, just do a basic Google search, um, take that 15,000 daily, but even one more step further is, uh, coupling that with, uh, vitamin K, uh, they work synergistically. Um, you, you kind of need both of them in order for it to be effective. And a lot of research actually shows that vitamin D in the body is not just a, a vitamin or a mineral. It actually acts as a, as a hormone. So um, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's great for regulating, um, uh, mood and affect. And, um, yeah, if you, if you kind of feel low around this winter season, maybe try some vitamin D. You never know. That's a great one. Yeah. I didn't realize how much I needed vitamin D until I moved to New York when in the mm. winter you don't see the sun. Um, <laughs> right. And growing up in sunny San Diego, I didn't realize like how much it affected me. But yeah, I've great tip. Yeah. Yeah. Take that into yeah. account. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into nursing sturf. Um, how did you get into nursing and why did you decide to become a nurse? Wait, did we say that he lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma already? I did say that. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're, you're an ICU nurse in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is a hotbed for, uh, COVID. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because I like texted you. I was like, Hey, I just heard that they're having refrigerated morgues, like 
by the dozens and that there are no ICU beds available. And you were like, dude, there haven't been ICU beds available for a long time. And that blew my mind because that information isn't really, you know, kind of coming out um, as quickly as maybe the media. So I had so many questions about like, is there a cover up, you know, like what's going on? But yeah. How did, He's been um, reading too I many wish... conspiracy theories. <laughs> oh, I know, right? I wish it was, um, I don't want to say interesting because it is interesting, but I wish it wasn't that taboo. Um, so yeah, there was a few local news articles here in Tulsa that came out and um, we're basically saying that there are zero ICU beds available. And it was, it was kind of a running joke on the unit for a few days where we were just saying, man, that article's, you know, it's about nine months too late. <laughs> uh, we we basically had ICU holds. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, people waiting to get into the ICU. Uh, we've had ICU holds for probably, you know, since April, I want to say. Um, it's just, you know, with, and here's the thing, some of it's COVID related. I don't want to, I don't want to downplay the severity of this pandemic whatsoever, because it is very real. Um, but it's just been, uh, it's been a combination of things with uh, quarantine setting in. And I feel like at the beginning of that, people were taking it very seriously. Uh, but then once summer hit, people were eager to get outdoor. Mm -hmm. And that brought about, that brought about a lot of um, just traumas that we would see in the ICU. So car wrecks, um, people falling, people just getting hurt se severely um, during outdoor activities. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, we, we've been at capacity for quite a while. It's been Scary. quite a while. <laughs> yeah. So, so how did you get in? How did you like want to become an ICU nurse? Did it like, was it something you always wanted to do? Like walk us through like your medical journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't know, you know, when I went back to school to nursing school, I didn't know that I wanted to be an ICU nurse. Um, and really before nursing school, I didn't, you know, I'd always been in health and wellness. Um, you know me, Alex, like we, we'd always like work out together. We'd nerd mm -hmm. out on like, oh yeah, like these, mm -hmm. th these types of fitness regiments are, yeah. um, you know, great for this reason. And everyone else is like, oh my God, you guys are such nerds. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, everyone just around me, my my circle of influence was just like, when are you going back to nursing school? And I was like, nursing school? Like, you know, it didn't seem high octane enough for me. And uh, I <laughs> just didn't know at the time because because <laughs> it definitely is. And so uh, <laughs> my circle of influence just got to me and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start looking into it. I'm going to interview other nurses which I recommend if anybody's like trying to get back to nursing school, talk to people that are nurses because it's not for everyone. And it's really uh, smart. yeah, so I interviewed a few people that I, that I respect. Um, and eventually I went back to nursing school, but it, it wasn't until my last semester that, um, that I decided to go to ICU and really it was it was again it was uh 
it was heavily influenced by my classmates and the climate of uh, just our instructors and our classmates. Because 10 years ago, you couldn't start out in the ICU as a new graduate. You, you just, oh, it, hmm. it, was, it was not a thing. You had to go to something that was not as intense or lower acuity, um, <clears throat> something like a medical floor. Um, and it was just like anybody that you asked that we were graduating with, uh, they're like 90% of them. They're like, you know what? I'm going ICU. And I think the motive there was that in order to achieve a higher education of nursing. So if you wanted to go back and be a nurse practitioner, or if you wanted to, um, uh, be a nurse anesthetist, uh, you had to have two years of ICU experience under your belt mm. before you went back to school. I, in most places, it looked good. I don't think you have to per se, but uh, it looked a lot better. And so I think that was really the motivation for a lot of us is like, well, let's get that two years of like critical care nursing or ICU nursing. Let's get that out of the way first. Uh, and so that if we wanted to go back to school, we just easily could. Mm. Yeah. And so... I mean, there I was, I was like <laughs> on this ICU unit and as a new grad and I was like, what in the hell am I thinking? <laughs> like, this is, this is insanely over my head. And this is all during orientation, right? So like, like there was always a skilled nurse right behind me to say, hey, idiot, like, you're <laughs> um, but hey, like, idiot. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, hey, man, don't do that. <laughs> um, there's always there was always someone there to like catch you and pick you back up on your feet. But for the first <laughs> for the first three months, man, I just felt like I did not have a grip on ICU nursing. It was just it was really uh, it was really intense, really intense. But, you know, I encourage anyone out there that is going through that. Just just keep going. You've got your resources, uh, be confident in yourself and um, you're gonna make it. It just takes a little time, just takes a little time. So that's kind of how, yeah. that's kind of how I ended up there. <clears throat> what were the other options you could have taken if you didn't want to do ICU nurse? I mean, the options are endless, really. Yeah. Um, that's, but that's why you, that's why almost everyone joins nursing. I mean, in part, like you're helping people, right? You're, you're doing, you're doing good for your community, for the people that are in the area. Um, but you also enter nursing because I mean, you can just open so many doors, right? So you could go into med surge, you can go into ER, you can, you can get into labor and delivery. You could get into any field of nursing, uh, that's available at a hospital really. Um, right out of the gate. So I had a lot of options, uh, but I, you know, my unit is actually specific, uh, it's specific. Um, mm -hmm. So it's specialized and uh, it's, it's a neurotrauma ICU. And um, it's really our patient population. Um, either something is going on with their brain, their nervous system, um, or they've just gotten in some kind of like catastrophic injury 
due to like a motorcycle wreck or or something of the nature. So, um, does Oklahoma have motorcycle helmet laws? Um, you figure I would know that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just curious. You, You figure I would know that. Um, and it seems like it does. I want to say yes. I don't know for sure. Uh, but Dude, if it doesn't... Tulsa. Tulsa. Corey's Googling yeah. it right now. <laughs> okay, okay, awesome. We're going we're gonna to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> if, <laughs> not, if not, nurses need to be the ones to advocate. It says they're relatively <laughs> relaxed. Anyone under the age of 18 is required to wear a certified helmet when riding a motorcycle. Adults do not have to. However, you need to wear the right eye projectors. Oh, yeah. Like, that's <laughs> going to help. <laughs> But you need to be wearing protection on your eyeballs. Oh, Oh my gosh. Your head might look like a pancake, but at least you can But your eyes will be okay. (laughs) The open casket will be wonderful. You'll see your eyes. Sorry, that was dark. That was a little morbid. (laughs) That's a a nursing joke, dude. You're right on board. You're fine. (laughs) Uh, Well, I don't know when you think... I guess this could be a question. So for us in New York, the pandemic hit like the second week of March. That's when everyone like called it shuts, shut your doors, quit everything, go inside lockdown. Um, When did you guys in Tulsa see... When did it become real? Yeah, when did it become like, okay, we actually have to quarantine and businesses are shutting down? You know, I want to say around the same time but you know we're we're a pretty conservative state um and so you know you had a lot of people that uh they you know they tend to not believe this kind of thing if it's not at their back door and yeah i'm not you know everyone's kind of guilty of that I feel at, at, a, at a certain point, I don't want to just mm-hmm. point fingers and say like, just cause you're conservative, you don't think it's real. Um, but honestly, the, the, the climate was very much so that we saw what was happening in New York and um, stores where it was kind of like a ghost town. Yeah. Right when things were popping off in New York. Okay. Yeah. And, and um i don't like people were wearing masks and people were i at least i believe from my own experience people were wearing masks people were not getting out as much i feel like people were quarantining um and uh the hospitals um really felt it and not just because we were getting hit with covid patients but a lot of the nurses in our hospitals were leaving to New York for travel contracts. Because mm, uh, that's where the yikes. money was at. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man. They were making like five, six K a week. And um, they like our unit. I mean, our unit was stacked full of like 10 year veterans that had been on the same unit for 10 years. Wow. That is that is relatively unheard of in the nursing world. Um, you know, it's very much it's very much kind of a revolving door when it comes to nursing staff on a hospital unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people just like they stuck around on the unit that we were at, and they were 
amazing. It's it was to the point to where like doctors would consult nurses, and I'm not talking about just residents. I'm talking about um, staff, like doctors that had been there for years. They were consulting these nurses, and like that's the way that it should work, right? But they they were actually a team, you know, and um, we were losing them to New York, so it was. I, it was it was definitely a a different time. It was very strange and yeah. Um, so not so, only were you getting bombarded with extra patients, you were losing nurses at the same time. So how did that yeah. affect you in the ICU unit? Did you see did like COVID patients kind of like roll over? Like I know that some in some states and even some countries, other nurses who were being trained like and doctors were being trained okay this is how you're going to treat covid because today you are now <laughs> not an icu nurse you are now someone a nurse who's taking care of covid patients did you right. experience that yeah um i think i think just about every hospital in the u.s and the world for that matter experienced uh, a slew of changes during the onset of all this i mean like no one know no one knew what to do I mean, yeah. we all put our best foot forward and uh, healthcare providers, you know, they could. Um, and I feel like we did, you know, all things considered, I really do feel like we did a great job, but uh, policies were changing almost weekly. It was yeah. crazy. Wow. Um, our unit was being converted into a COVID unit and we were, we were like the third unit in line to receive COVID patients. So if the first unit uh, like was at capacity and they had to overflow into a second unit, like that would, our unit would be third in line. And yeah. um, dude, the hospital was making like these, these makeshift negative pressure rooms where they were like wow. putting these industrial fans in, knocking out windows and like, it was, uh, it was pretty interesting, but it all happened like they reacted. You know what I mean? Like they did it fast um, and they, they really adjusted. And so it was, was, it was there hot like and a, heavy there for a minute. Was yeah. there, was there like some kind of overwhelming, cause like, was there like an overwhelming fear that kind of struck people? Cause like, I remember following this, I was reading reports on Reddit about this thing in mm. Wuhan. And I remember talking about it with the people that I work with and everyone's like, you're fucking crazy, dude. Like, <laughs> that shit happens in China all the time. It's not coming here. And I'm like, Basically dude. what Corey's saying is that he knows no, no, everything. No, no. And he knew this was coming. I was genuinely. people should have consulted Corey Shepard was... on this matter. <laughs> no, all I'm saying is like, I got freaked out. And here's why. Because as the reports were coming out, like the first report I saw, there was like 20,000 people are infected with this new virus in Wuhan. Yeah. And then the follow-up, I think a couple days later, was like Wuhan locks like quarantines four million people and i was like that was fast Damn, that's a huge jump and then three <laughs> days later it was 20 million and i was like what in the fuck is happening that they're doing this right. like and then it got worse and worse and worse and then all those videos started coming out and i was like guys it is coming here i guarantee people are flying back all the time I got freaked out because I didn't, it was so new. No one knew what it was doing. I just knew all these people were dying. Now that the mortality rate has come out, was there like an initial fear in the healthcare community? Like panic or in your experience? You know, man, I, I feel like, 
I feel like some of us did, you know what I mean? Here's, here's what I'll say. Healthcare is not as unified in opinion as you may think. Mm, so tell me more about that. So <laughs> people, people assume that because you are all nurses that you all kind of have the same, um, the same principles, right? And uh, doctors, nurses, and like every, all your other auxiliary healthcare staff alike, <clears throat> they all kind of feel like we, we take the same approach to, you know, a, a possible pandemic or even the healthcare system as a whole, but really it's just as diverse and I don't want to say divided, but there's a lot of different opinions from one doctor to the next, from one nurse to the next. So you had, a, you had some people that were very much like you, Corey, where they're <laughs> like, oh shit, everybody, we're, this is just fucking hell on earth, like we're all going <laughs> to die. And then you had those, like those <clears throat> battle axe nurses that had been that had been through pandemics before that are older and they're like, listen, young one, just, <laughs> just settle down. Everything's going to be fine. So you really had a mix of, uh, of feelings. Like once this whole thing started popping off on the news. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess kind of the follow-up is you and I had an interesting question about like, how the disease came to be and you told me mm. something that I didn't know about which was that there are doctors and immune immunologists is that the right word immune immunologists who are trying to figure out what the next one is going to be and they're trying to cure it I had no mm -hmm. idea like you said you had heard a couple of lectures on that what did you learn from those because I, I found it fascinating well so we're always trying to get ahead of the next pandemic. Like if we are, if we are doing our due diligence, right. If we're just sitting around and being like, ah, it's never going to happen. We're just lying to ourselves, but there is a large group of people out there that are, they like, they may see a virus that is not quite yet in humans that they see the potential of jumping to humans and they want to get ahead of it. Mm. And so they, <laughs> this is, I, I can put my tinfoil hat back on right now, but <laughs> uh, it is, it is possible for a group of researchers to, uh, to go through that very process and try and um, take a virus that is potentially going to, to jump to humans from a different species um, and try and develop a vaccine from it. And <clears throat> there's a debate or not that was happening in Wuhan, in the Wuhan lab. And so we all know that as, as science is something that we default to, right? It's the best thing that we have in order <clears throat> to determine reality from non-reality it's it's what we use it's it's the best thing that humans have in order to determine truth uh however there is still a human element tied to right that, right mm -hmm. and so so as much as we'd like to airtight our science we can fuck up sometimes and my I've, I've listened to some lectures i've listened to some podcasts i've read a few articles 
and I don't know this for sure. I don't know <laughs> if this is true or not. I don't know how much truth there is to this because again, there's a very strong human element tied to this, but I, I think there's a real possibility that, um, that this virus uh, escaped from the Wuhan lab and not that it escaped maliciously. I right. don't feel like it was um, a weapon, right? I don't feel yeah. like it was weaponized, but I do feel like um, they were trying to develop a vaccine to a potential virus coming down the pipeline. And they, they, in order to do that, you have to, you have to engineer it in, in a way that it could infect humans. And so I think during that process, um, it potentially got leaked and we had a global well, pandemic. It was just so like highly contagious. And like, obviously like, we don't know. That's the only truth is that we don't know. Um, right. On the other right. hand, you know, what are, what are the scientific odds that it did develop in like a wet market? Like, is that just that as likely? It is. Yeah. I totally feel like that's a valid argument. Um, I, I would say that it, uh, it would take a long time to do it. Right. Interesting. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, but also order, wet markets have been around forever. Like they have, that's why it's so, realistic. Right. So yeah. the wet markets have been around for a while. Uh, they're disgusting as shit, but <laughs> and they are a reality of the people that live there because, um, they're trying to diversify their agriculture and, and, right. and yeah. So I do feel like it's possible for a virus to jump from one species to the next. Um, for it to do that uh, from the, I guess it was a bat to a pangolin and then eventually to humans, right, is, is the argument. Um, but for it to go through that sequence, hit a human, but not only infect a human, but be ready to widespread yeah. within humans, I feel like that's a little more improbable without without the um, the like effect from someone in a lab. See, like the the far left um, like voice in my head hears like it was engineered in the lab and like that's a talking point of the right, you know, like that you hear and, and you're like, oh you're you're tinfoil hat, you're you're crazy. But like listening to the science, like maybe it, like it blew my mind when I heard that. I was like, oh, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking yeah. about. But you I, know? <laughs> like, I hear you say, you know, it could have been, you know, it could have been affected in a person, but it would have taken a lot longer. You know, there's a lot of people, especially now that it's flu season, we're, we're getting sick and saying, is it the flu? Is it COVID? And like, now we have tests, but there were people in the beginning, like I remember some a friend of mine in California, she was like, I got really sick in February. And this was before like January, February, this was before everyone was talking about COVID. It, it's possible that I could have had COVID or I could have just had a really, really bad case of the flu. So I wonder if in China, it had been spreading small chant, like not, not as severely as we see it now but people mistake mistook it mistook it mistaked it what am i trying to say mistook it mistook it thank you <laughs> um, mistooked it mistooked it yes mistooked it 
But do you think that that is something that could have happened? Or do you think that nurses and doctors would have seen changes or, or different symptoms of like, yeah, wait, no, this actually isn't the flu. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I'm no like expert, but here's where my mind goes, right? So contact tracing is very real. Um, I would say that if a pandemic were to break out, you the first thing you would want to do, would not want to do is like sound the alarm. I think as a country, you would try and contain it first and then you'd be like, okay, there was a virus, but look how well we contained it. So yeah. I think there is a chance that it was spreading before we really knew a lot about it. And I think that's the case. Now, I also think that your friend would, you know, probably start looking back on like, okay, I got super sick and it's, it's normal to be like, where the hell did I get this from? And so, uh, VNA, my wife, she went through the same thing and I thought it was highly probable because we just went through DFW, a giant airport in, in, in Texas, uh, in February. So unless she came in direct contact with uh, someone that had recently been to China or someone or a massive airport where you don't know if like who you're running into within six feet. Um, I definitely think it's possible. Uh, You know, it's, it's just, we, we don't know. We couldn't see it. This, you can't see the virus. And so yeah. there's a lot of things that mimic it and make it seem like the flu. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's totally possible. It's just so crazy. I mean, like, and then my mind like immediately goes to like, if there's one thing I've learned from planet earth, the show, yeah, Gaia. Yeah. Um, Gaia. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's just that like, like anytime, any creature, species, anything gets too overpopulated, something comes in and does population control. Yeah. How likely do you think it is that whatever is next will build off of this virus? Man, we don't know what the hell we're dealing with. <laughs> I mean, like, for real, dude. Like, this virus has hit us and infected the entire fucking planet in under a year. Uh, like Australia is not even safe. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I th- like I, I definitely think we don't know what the long-term effects are. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And here's the thing. If, if this virus came to us like from a, like a natural um, order of things. And by that, I mean like from the wet markets, if it, if it, if it's infecting humans organically, um, I think there's a real possibility that this could, that this could um, change. You know, I, I've spoken to some infectious disease doctors who feel like from start to today, they already feel like the characteristics of this virus have changed a little bit. That's wow. crazy. And so they've started to see some symptoms that were unanimous at the beginning of all this. And now we're seeing not a not a big change but we're seeing subtly different uh characteristics in our patients now right. and uh so i mean if it's already changing within 
<laughs> fucking 10 months, dude. Like, that, that only, like, tells you what the possible possibilities are in the future. So, yeah, this could just wipe out half the population. I don't know. Avengers <laughs> Endgame, come save us. <laughs> dude, but also, Avengers Endgame, a lot of people died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they also yeah. think that at one point in human history, there was a bottleneck of what, like 10,000 humans like left? There was like a, oh, there was yeah. a bottleneck of humans. Right. That there was some kind of like massive uh, disease that just wiped out a ton of people. That we yeah. I can't remember if I heard that like on Rogan or if I heard that on like somewhere else. But yeah, I've, I've actually seen multiple reports where it's like, yep. There was only a few of us at one point in time, but we made it. Yeah. Like cockroaches. Well, assuming that you know a little bit more about the virus and being safe and the spread the spread of it, and given that our current president president isn't doing jack shit about it. He's golfing. He's (laughs) golfing. What what would you like to see? the American people or maybe just everybody, how would you like to see them change to make this a little bit more of a safer environment? Man, I mean, I feel like we've, as a nation, we've just kind of, we've just kind of told the people and I feel like we've really beat this to death, but (laughs) nothing's really going to change all that much. (laughs) But just keep, I mean, keep doing what we've, what we've been doing to mitigate the spread of this virus so yeah i mean i i really feel like the two top things on my priority or the two top priorities on my list are wear a mask and like gather outside if you're gonna gather at all yeah um and i think if like if one thing that i've learned um it's that we haven't quite figured out the tests to mm-hmm. this coronavirus coronavirus just quite yet right mm-hmm. so like i don't know how much weight i would put in the test if you're using that to like say i'm gonna go see grandma but <laughs> yeah I'm, like i'm gonna go get tested first mm-hmm. i'm feeling sick but this test says negative like i really feel like we should be cautious about that because tests are a lot more readily available now right we've ramped up testing as a nation like like crazy it's free um but i also feel like don't let that bypass judgment right so yeah. if you yeah like if you feel like you've possibly been exposed if you aren't feeling so great like it's like that without covid you know what i mean if you're feeling sick don't go don't go trying to like meet up with people don't go bowling (laughs) (laughs) don't go bowling don't go um you know sharing a beer bong with everyone at a (laughs) dude so i mean kind of to caveat like to to add on to that um you know there's three different companies that are like coming up with vaccines Mm, how much confident do the medical professionals in your circle that you run with how much confidence do they have in the vaccine again it's going to depend on who you talk to i i personally am hopeful i 
uh, I, I feel like as a healthcare community, we're going to be some of the first ones to get this vaccine. Um, you know, they've been, they've been talking about administering to the elderly, which I think is a great idea. Like nursing homes are just like a breeding ground for COVID. Um, and as healthcare professionals, really, if you take your precautions, if you wear your PPE, you're pretty safe. Um, but I feel like us, the elderly military, like, I feel like all of us are going to get it first. I'm personally hopeful. I know a lot of other healthcare providers that are like, fuck that. I'm not taking that first. Like, uh, they're like, so I get that though. Like, I, I get that though. Like, yeah. yeah. The fact that it was developed so fucking quickly. Right. You know, well, I'm like, I get the fear. What's the hesitation? It's just because we don't know the lasting effects of it or because yeah, they, I mean, people I, don't trust the science or. I think it's more about what Corey said. I think it's more like, like anytime you try and rush through developing something that, that you're going to just like administer to every human on this damn planet, like, uh, it's kind of sketchy, but yeah. You know, I, so my sister's boyfriend is very much, he's got a finger on the pulse of, of the companies developing these vaccines. And he and I have had conversations for a while about the development of these vaccines. And he's kind of talked me through the process of fast tracking a vaccine. And he feels that you know, fast tracking a vaccine just kind of means that you go through the three stages of developing a vaccine simultaneously, where traditionally you would wait, you would, you would perform them in succession. So you'd wait till the first phase is done. You do the second then you do the third, but with COVID that they're kind of doing them simultaneously. And that's how they right. were able to develop it so quickly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like here's this, here's a good tip. Here's a good tip. If you, if you are afraid of getting the vaccine, my recommendation is go get tested for antibodies. And if you have antibodies, then I would argue that you don't need the vaccine. Um, I don't know how long the vaccine gives you antibodies for, but if you already have antibodies, if you'd already been sick, um, I would venture to say that that's that's kind of it's kind of redundant. Kind of how immunity works, right? Like mm-hmm. if you have the antibodies, you're probably fine. <clears throat> well, the the last yeah. I heard, and you two are a little bit more informed than me, so you can correct me. Um, and I know that the antibody test is not super accurate unless it has changed. Um, right. But the last I heard, you have antibodies for only a few months, right? Yeah. So some research is saying you have antibodies for as few as three months. And I think I just saw a report that came out that said as long as 10 years. And I'm like, okay, how do you even know that? Yeah. How how can you see 10 years in the future? Ridiculous. So, so so, yeah, I mean, we have a friend who um, caught (laughs) We have a friend who caught it um, on their way back from Mexico and uh, mm. New York State said you don't need to be tested for 90 days. Like you're good mm. for 90 days. Go get tested in 90 days. So the three month thing, 
if we're just playing by like, let's see how far we can see in the future, probably <laughs> three fucking months, right? Like, right. But I right. mean, dude, I don't know. I'm. It's just so fascinating that like, when you talk to people that are in the community who study this stuff and are being trained on this stuff and are talking and taking these classes from people that are like, you know what? Kind of makes sense that this might have been created in a lab, like just objectively. Like that flipped yeah. my shit on its head. And I'm like, damn, I let my own bias get in the way of like what I thought was just people being crazy. But now I'm like, I, I well, and here, like, here's the thing, Corey. I think I think a lot of um, the let's call it like let's call, let's go as far as to call it QAnon conspiracy, right? Sure. <laughs> I feel like they took this way out of context. I feel like they were like, yeah, this was made as a pandemic. This was made to kill people, and they they released it on purpose. So like those kinds of things are like pretty far-fetched I, right. I definitely feel but I, I wanted to touch on uh the immunity for three months I in my head I feel like that is probably more accurate because if you look at the if you look at how this pandemic is acting in, at least in the U.S. it feels like every three months we're getting a pretty mm. large spike of COVID yeah yeah so in march right like we we hit a a huge surge in the summer we had another peak and now we're seeing it uh we're seeing our numbers increase again so i feel like every three months like yeah that makes sense uh, i don't know um that's and again that's not backed by numbers or anything like that that's just kind of what i'm seeing from a bird's eye view yeah it's like the pattern yeah yeah have yeah. you have you heard about um, New Zealand and how what they did with their lockdown? Uh briefly, but I uh, I don't know. No, tell me. So again, I could be wrong. Someone might need to fact check me, but they did a super super strict lockdown for I want to say like a month, maybe a little bit longer than a month, and they like essentially wiped it out. Like they didn't have, um, I, Corey's, Corey's less than, so they had 2060 cases and only 25, only deaths. 25 deaths. Yeah. And so I know that there's been like whispers and rumors of maybe Biden making a really, really strict lockdown. And when I see, mm-hmm. and I know that Australia, they didn't do a, they're doing something similar. Like they've closed all their states and they're not even letting people travel from state to state. And they've been very strict and I get it. Like you're on a freaking Island. And if you can really contain it, yeah, they've basically like eradicated it. So dude, it's kind of crazy. I, yeah, of course (laughs) looking at the numbers right now. Less than 3000 total cases. So I will say that I feel like it's easier for them to do that just because of totally. sheer numbers. They have yes. they have way fewer people. And um, especially for the States, like they don't, or places in Europe or Asia, like there's not a bunch of different borders with other countries surrounding them. So it's harder right. for people to come in and out. I get that. <clears throat> but also they're just not divided as a country. Like yes. <laughs> if their leaders are going to say, hey guys, like let's kind of work together to 
you know, kick this <laughs> shit in the dick. And Gosh, what's let's that get, like? <laughs> like, let's, yeah, let's all, you know, work as a team to eradicate this virus. And everyone's like, yeah, I believe in our country. And then, like, <laughs> there's no fucking way that that's going to happen here. And I yeah. love the U.S. You know, I, like, I don't forget about our history, but I love where we are now. It's just, like, I don't see that ever happening here. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're so, very right. You're very right. I really don't. It's it's just something that I wish we could implement here, but you know that there's going to be a large group of people that are like, fuck that. I'm yeah. doing whatever I want. It's yeah. like so uniquely American, you know? Well, it is. There are is. other countries that are protesting lockdown too, but in a magical, happy-go-lucky, rainbows and kisses scenario, if everyone in the world yeah. <laughs> had a strict lockdown, do yes. you think that we could just totally stop the spread? Or do you think it would just be a much less intense spread? No, I mean, uh, I think it's totally plausible that we could completely eradicate that and the flu and Ebola <laughs> and just a ton of a ton of uh, contagious um, yeah. uh, diseases. But um, you know, we we don't think that coronavirus is as much of a fomite as we used to believe. And by that, mm -hmm. I mean how long it's able to live on surfaces. So we don't think that it can live on surfaces nearly as long as it as we used to think it could. Yeah. Um, but really, like, man, I think if everyone were to quarantine at exactly the same time <laughs> for exactly the same amount, of, you know, like, I don't see any reason why it couldn't. But uh, I would be so down for that. I would be so down to just like, let's kick this to the curb and all do our part. But that's my You would think optimism. that, like, you would think that it wouldn't be, I mean, obviously people need to work and, like, I support that. But, like, in a right. perfect world where everyone had the funds and the food and everything that they needed and everyone was quarantined together, what a great, like, world-building, like, even if we did it, humanity thing this would be. You <laughs> even know? if we did it for a month and, like, if everyone would say, like, okay, no one's going to pay rent this month, like... Right. That will help with everyone's bills. Money You're not going to be going out and doing anything. Like all you need money for is groceries. Like maybe the government kicks us a couple hundred bucks or something. But uh, even then, you couldn't shut say. everything down because you need essential workers. Like it's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. Can't yeah. Do I think I think um, that they would have to time an additional stimulus package yeah. at the exact same time, but. In addition, they'd have to restructure the stimulus package. Like, yeah. it would have to be fair for everybody, even the guy that's collecting rent in an apartment building, you know, because he matters too. The people that own small businesses, like, I was having this conversation the other day with a really good friend of mine. We were just conflicted about um, some of our friends that own bars. It's like, that's that's how they bring money home to their family. However, mm -hmm. they are potentially contributing to the spread of this virus. So it's like, yeah, you know, it's it's easy to call them selfish assholes and they just want money. But at the same time, like they're they're can you know, they're paying taxes. They're making yeah. the they're making the wheels go around. 
So well, I think about like hairstylists too, like your sister, like who just want to work and they can't, but they're also socially responsible, but they want to work because they have to live. Like it's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's so yeah, crazy, we're in, man. We're in a tough time to where I don't think that a massive, like we saw that the first lockdown didn't really, you know, it may have slowed like the curve just a little bit. Um, but man, like I don't see that happening now. Like there's just too many people that are not going to do it. Probably like half the U S <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would guess about 71 million. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 80 million exactly 80 million didn't 70 didn't about 71 million people vote for trump oh yes yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm making that assumption i'm making that assumption what what i'm also curious to see like do you think that with all of these like hand washing mask wearing staying at home mm. protocols in place have other infectious disease like the common cold and other things have they gone down as a result like do yeah. you guys have is are there numbers about that yeah um I, I here's the thing I haven't really looked at numbers for that but here's what I do know we know that the flu has been around like forever and we know that mask wearing helps with the flu um so I don't feel like the flu season is going to be as bad this year yeah. if you're if you're asking my opinion on it again I don't know the numbers um I know that for a while you were hearing like, oh, how coincidental that flu numbers are down and COVID numbers are up. So, like, they were alluding to some kind of conspiracy behind, like, well, they're not testing for the flu and they're calling the flu COVID and that kind of that kind of rhetoric. Um, yeah, uh, it's real simple, dude. It's not. It's not complicated. Yeah. We're wearing masks. Uh, the majority of us, I would argue, are wearing masks. We're not going to spread the flu as much. Like, yeah. Because of that fact. So yeah. Yeah. I feel like numbers are going to go down um, and that we're not just like padding numbers or whatever. Uh, it's, I don't know. That's, that's yeah. just my take on it. But yeah, I feel like it's, you know, wash your hands like, Wash your hands, wear a mask, um, just practice, you know, normal hygiene. Uh, <laughs> and if that's not normal for you, then practice better hygiene. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, and I think, you know, we'll be okay. I think our savings or the, the calamity peak of all this is going to be the vaccine. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like it is possible that we'll one day again be able to, you know, not have restaurants at 50% capacity or, yeah. um, you know, not have like crazy COVID numbers swamping the hospital. I do feel like there's, there's an end in sight. Um, but you know, everyone's got to do their part. Yeah. Like everyone's got to, everyone's got to pitch in. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, um, thank you for the insight. It's always, yeah, it's, always it's always great to like hear someone that's in it because you know we make up all these stories in our heads, or we read CNN or whatever, like in, in the New York Times, and you like kind of hear this stuff come out. Peace. It's really nice to talk to a frontline worker that like knows what's up. So, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Anything else you want to like say to people? Like, if you could get one message out about anything about. Um. 
Yeah, I think uh, just take care of your mental health as well as, well as your physical. Mm. Like, yes, man, don't forget to deep breathe throughout the day. Like, take some vitamin D if you're feeling down and can't get out in the sun. Um, you know, just really like, t like it's funny because I don't watch Doctor Phil, but I did hear him say this the other day. He's like, he's like reach out to everyone with the outlets that you have, like stay connected. Um, don't, and I don't mean to be like super cheesy or corny, but like, man, I am super guilty of just like closing off and not doing anything. And yesterday I caught up with like three old friends and I feel great today. So yeah. Yeah. look, look, I get to, I get to chat with you guys. And uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. we've been, we've been, we've been talking about your podcast like for Aww. so long and I'm super thrilled that I got to be a part of it. And oh, uh, thanks, yeah, just take care of your mental health. And um, I feel like that, that goes over into your physical health. Uh, totally. Like a lot, totally. So yeah, totally. So. Super embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you want to start with laughing or you want to start? Yeah, with... what, what's the funniest thing that happened? Okay, I had to, I just remembered this. So we were watching the news the other day and you know how everyone's doing news reports from home and, and whatnot from like remote places? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. So we were watching the news and it was turning to someone at their house and at the bottom of the screen, like it was like, CNN headquarters or like whatever it said on one side of the screen where the person was and then on the other side of the screen it said Greg's house <laughs> and I just thought that was so funny because this guy's sitting there and you know it's obviously like his house is behind him and it says Greg's house and then I was making a joke about it and then Corey goes and then Corey goes this is Steve reporting live from Greg's house <laughs> <laughs> and then we just went into this like spiral tangent of uh who's at greg's house reporting live <laughs> it was just such a such a I weird thought thing thought that was so funny like why would they put it in the location like I know. as if that's relevant you know what i mean like, i agree i agree like, or like why not just put them. the city or like the state or nothing <laughs> right or his name right, right. <laughs> Oh yeah, and oh it was God. a weather. It was a weather report, and so we just kept like riffing on like, well, Steve here at Greg's house. The weather outside is looking like weather. Back to you. <laughs> so, so... Yeah, oh so that's God. what made me laugh the most this week. Yeah. Um, you got anything for us? Uh, I feel like I did. <laughs> Freaking Greg. Greg's house. What did I? I feel like I did something. We had something funny happen um, with Teddy, like recently. Um, I mean, well, we started, I mean, we were laughing at him eating yesterday. Oh, but... yeah, that was really funny. Um, Alex started <laughs> making the dog's food. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and uh, we went to like, we put it all on a plate and like mashed it down to like give it some suction because he just eats like so, <laughs> so fast. fast. And dude, the second we put the food down, he was just like, he's just. Like well, he'd never eaten before. Well, it's funny is whenever oh we gosh. feed, whenever we feed him, he starts to drool a little bit, and we make him sit and wait for his food. And so he's sitting there, and he's like, he's like licking his lips, collect <laughs> <laughs> all the saliva, and he's just staring such wide eyes at the food, and he's like, he's gently like jolting his body, waiting until we say go. <laughs> Oh my! It's pretty great. Like he's gonna eat the bowl with it. <laughs> yeah, oh I think if we had uh, 
let him he may have <laughs> but i was trying to Man. i was trying to pull him back so i could spread it around a little bit more and i touched him and he was like <laughs> and like just went deeper <laughs> went in. harder even more went harder. Intense. <laughs> yeah, like okay i won't touch you <laughs> i have not met a rescue dog that is not like <laughs> angry eating their food every day they're it's just so sad like, oh, but, good. Yeah. i know humans that angry eat their food it's fun to watch <laughs> <laughs> you're like man you and my dog would really get along you know like those, those people that eat with their whole bodies and they're like breathing <laughs> yeah. <you're> like, oh. <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh dude dogs man uh, what about you anything okay. that made you Funny. laugh a lot yeah, funny moments. Like, I feel like a lot of my funny moments lately come from my son, Leo. Yes. <laughs> He's a year and a half. And uh, so he's still breastfeeding. And, you, you know, as kids get older and are still breastfeeding, they know exactly what to do to get to the titty. And so <laughs> he's like, he's like, just he's trying to like, work and he's like reaching up at the desk like pulling her blouse down and like <laughs> he's just like give me that titty lady and so <laughs> like he like beanie's like oh my god like fine and so she gets like prepped to feed him and like so when she when her breasts are super full she can milk shot across the room <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> and he puts he puts his hand on her boob and it just like blasts him <laughs> right in the face and he starts laughing Teddy afterwards <laughs> I, just, I just lose it man Teddy, sh oh my god i just lose it man it's just it's it's really so funny because he just wanted it so bad and like and like you want it bad enough? Well, here it is, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want it. I want her to face. keep breastfeeding until he can really, really understand, and then it's like Leo, go along, and then she just can like squirt it to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's gonna be a football player. He's gonna be a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. oh my, oh my goodness. gosh, that's great. That's um, well, I'll start <laughs> off with stupid or embarrassing. I've been, I've been really off my game this week, um, even though it's only the second day of the week or the third day of the week. Um, <laughs> who, cares, who cares anymore? Who cares? What is, time? what is time? What is time? <laughs> um, yesterday, okay, it's actually Monday, I had to take Jude to the vet to get his teeth checked after his surgery. And... I have him in the carrier. I, Teddy's in the crate at home. I walk out the door and I look at my keys to prep my key to get in the car. And my key is not there. It has fallen off of my key ring. <clears throat> so I had to, re yeah, that was a bummer. I had to reschedule the appointment and they rescheduled it for 1.30 the next day. Monday, the appointment was supposed to be at 1. Tuesday, the appointment's at 1.30. So Tuesday, I'm getting everyone settled. I leave. I get around the corner and I realize, shit, my appointment's at 1.30, not at 1. But I'm walking out the door prepping that it's at 1. So I already know I'm going to be there 30 minutes early. I'm like, eh, well, fingers crossed, maybe they can see him a little bit early. I get 10 minutes into my drive and I realize, why the fuck did I leave at noon? I left an hour early 
assuming my appointment's at 1, and it's actually at 1.30. So now I won't be a half an hour early. I will be a whole hour early. Oh and I, I get there and I'm like, so I know I'm really, really early, but here he is. And luckily they were on, they were like at the tail end of their lunch break. And because he just needed to be looked at, it took like two minutes and someone was like, oh, I'll just see him real fast. It's fine. But I felt real dumb <sighs> all <Yeah>. day. <laughs> I mean, I, that's like, that's like a pretty frequent mistake. I feel like someone can make though. You know what I mean? Like. I don't typically make those mistakes. <laughs> well, I not know, that I'm I know perfect, obviously. <laughs> no, I just am I mean, very good at sticking to my my plan, but I know. But it's Tuesday. easy to do if you just don't ever look at the clock. You know? Yeah. 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 Just don't look at the clock. Just you know what? Where's the sun at in the sky? Okay, it feels about right. Yeah, I should just <laughs> leave now. We'll just make it happen. Uh, anyone else do anything stupid or embarrassing? Um. I mean, uh, yeah. my stupidest thing I did was like we were trying. I was trying to coordinate something with some people, and we get through this whole rigmarole, and we go, we like have the plan figured out, and like not even ten minutes later, I was like, so like, should I be driving home or like are you? And they're like, dude, we literally just had this conversation. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, sorry, sorry, sorry. So shows you how much I pay attention. <laughs> what? Oh, what? What's that? What? What'd you say? Hey. Um, well, do you, wait, JD, did you do anything stupid or embarrassing recently? I mean, that's, I live in that space. <laughs> Every but, day. Um, I, I do it to get through the day sometimes. I'm just like, what's, what's the stupidest thing I could do right now? No, uh, so like at work, I, um, my hamstrings just like get so tight walking around on the mm. unit. And, um, so I do what's called desk yoga. Nice. Like, I will just, I will just start doing the weirdest positions there at my desk, and <laughs> uh, yeah, I was in like this real long stretch, and I just <laughs> hope that no one really come, like no one relevant comes by to, <laughs> to talk to me at that moment. But uh, one of our neurosurgeons, like, like, popped up right behind me looking for updates for a patient. And he is like, he is definitely one that is a no nonsense <laughs> character. And he's just like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, <laughs> crap. So that's like, that's yoga. like a mild. Yeah, yeah, bro. I'm <laughs> trying to stay healthy, man. What of yeah. it? Um, but yeah, that's like, that's like my, that's like my mildly embarrassing moment of the day. <laughs> Such ones that happen every day. So. Every day. Love it. Yeah. Oh. Well, dude, thanks so much for jumping on. This yeah, was super we, informative. I really appreciate it. We love you and love chatting with you. Honored to do it, guys. Honored to do it. Love being a part of it. Great right. catching up. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, yeah. If you have anyone we want to talk to or uh, have any questions, uh, feel free to let us know. And we'll see you on the next one. Yep. All right. Thanks. Don't guys. hang up. Wait, don't hang up. Bye. Bye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing conversation. It's about.